following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And we have got the wound socket legend himself, Rocco Baldelli, joining us here on Inside Twins. Rocco, you talk to Corey almost every day. You meet with the press almost every single day uh, about day-to-day issues. It's rare that we get a chance to have you in this forum where you can kind of expand on some other things away from the details day-to-day. So I thought that's kind of where we would go uh, here today. First and foremost, it's great to have you with us. Um, I I liken this start of the season to leaving on a road trip. Uh, You know, we we haven't even left the city limits yet. Uh, that no one's complaining about the radio station or they want the windows open or the air conditioning. Everything's still kind of on, on cruise control as far as a 162 game road trip is concerned. Is that a fair analogy? You know, eight days in. Yeah. Yeah. Things always start out, you know, the very beginning of the year for us is, uh, is always an interesting time because we're going from, from Florida where we've been stationed, getting all of our work in, uh, you know, heading out, starting the year on the road. Every year is a little different, but, you know, we started on the road. Uh, then we get back home. We're trying to settle in and, and kind of get locked in in our apartments and in our hotels. And, uh, I, and I think it probably feels like this in some ways uh, for the fans too. You know, it, it's a period of time where we are getting back into our uh, routines. Uh, we start getting locked in on everything going on. But uh, I'll tell you this, it's, it, it is really nice to be home it is really nice to finally put uh, start putting some clothes away and put some suitcases away and uh, and things like that. Well, I'll be honest. In in Florida, uh, when we're in spring training, you never you never really totally settle into that. Too uh, another thing for us right now is you know we're home. Everything is is great. We're we're you know really happy to be here. Uh, but we also have all these day games too. So our schedule has not really settled in completely as far as uh, like a normal season. So. Uh, we'll head out, uh, finish this homestand with some uh, one o'clock and, and noon games, and then uh, we'll head out to the West Coast and we'll start falling into that baseball type of schedule, you know, a little later, uh, only an occasional day game. And then I think we'll be completely uh, locked in at that point and ready. People always ask me about if I love the start of the year. And the answer is, is obviously, yes, it's a renewal, but drop me about a month in, get me about a month or two in to when we get in that daily grind. Uh, and with you guys, you mentioned going out west, Rocco. Not only do you go from day games to night games, but the body clock's changing too because you'll be playing late night Midwestern games after migrating from the the East Coast in Florida. So body clocks, uh, uh, rhythms, routines, and honestly, in this last eighteen months of, of COVID world, I, I don't know if there is such a thing as a routine anymore. No, no, we we we've always kind of taught ourselves in the game or trained ourselves, whatever way we can to essentially just deal with everything. So no matter what's coming our way, no matter what the specifics are, uh, we never want to use those or think about those as any type of uh, excuses ever or reasons why this or that. It's our job to adjust. It's our job to figure out what we need to do to successfully go out there, take the field uh, and win games. And I'll be honest, I'll speak for our players. You know, they just keep playing. They just keep going. They don't complain. 
uh, it's not always easy for them. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to, to admit that. Is it easy? No, but that's what makes it special. When, when you have guys that continually go out there, find ways to get things done, find ways to have success, uh, and do it under difficult circumstances, that's what makes these guys uh, so unique uh, because there are things that are standing in their ways. They just don't let them stand in their way. And in terms of a baseball schedule and the way that you approach it as a manager in conjunction with the entire organization and front office, I like to liken it to managing in concentric circles. You're trying to win the game today against Seattle, but you are also managing for next week, for the next series, for the next month, and even for the bigger picture on into the playoffs. Uh, how do you balance that? And how do, as an organization, do you balance that? Because you can't just focus on today or you'll get ambushed next week and you can't just focus on next week or you'll get ambushed today. Yeah, that that's, that's what we do. That's, that's exactly the, uh, the judgments that, that are made every day. And it's not just me, it's everybody in our, our group, but um, I'll tell you this, you know, it's like you have a scale in front of you, but the, the scale isn't just one side or another side. The scale has, you know, a lot of different uh, uh, pulleys and level levers and, and things that are, that are kind of weighing things down and lightening things up. Um, so there, you know, it might look like that scale, but there might um, not be two sides to that scale. There might be, you know, four or six or 10 or 12 sides to that scale, all, all balancing it out. And all you can do is just make the best decision you can to, to put the players in a great spot to, uh, to have success right now. We, we never like to do anything, um, that's going to set us back, clearly set us back, uh, in the future. Um, you know, we do have to plan for a, a six month season. We do have to plan. Uh, for what's to come if we play well and we have the opportunity to play in the playoffs. We do have to plan for tomorrow. So uh, all of those things uh, uh, matter a lot. They, they, they have to do with uh, our pitchers. They have to do with uh, their usage. They have to do with our position players and, and their workload and, and a lot of other things uh, in between. So um, it's, it's what makes it fun. It's what makes it uh, difficult at times, but uh, you know, that's uh I love it. I mean, I mean, frankly, if it were if it were easy and all all the decisions were pretty straightforward, uh, probably wouldn't be that fun. Rocco Badelli, our guest on Inside Twins, on that point, when or how or where did you come to that sort of a mindset managerially? You came of age as a player, as a young baseball player, in a time when managers were still flipping over, uh, you know, tables full of food if they were mad the way a game turned out in the middle of the season. At what point did did you I guess, open your brain to this idea that you needed to change and you needed to be nimble and you needed to be looking at different ways to do things. Or was that always part of who you were as a person and it just came together with your baseball? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of a, of a couple of things, I'd say. I mean, uh, I think part of it is certainly individual personality and individual uh, uh, mindset, ways, ways of thinking about things. But um yeah, yeah. As 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 someone that's probably more of a observer and listener, that that's kind of the way that I was, you know, brought up as a kid, and uh, you know, kind of watch, observe, try to figure things out, and and then go from there. But uh, to be honest, I also had a lot of tremendous uh, teachers and uh, resources and and people that have been there to to help me and uh, you know put me in a, in environments and places where I could learn and and see things that I've never seen before. And, and for me, that happened uh, as a, as a player uh, that happened uh, in Tampa Bay, mainly uh, with, with the group down there and some people that have um, been there for me my whole life, uh, you know, invited me into the 
coaching uh, front office type of world. And, and I got to watch and, and again, continue to listen and learn and try to figure things out. And uh, now, you know, we have a tremendous uh, group over here. We work as a group here. We make a lot of our decisions and have a lot of our discussions together um, with, uh, with, with sometimes smaller groups, sometimes a little bit bigger groups, but um, the more quality respected voices that we have um, sharing and, and, and listening and being part of that, uh, the better decisions that ultimately uh, we make. And yes, at some, po at some points, uh, whether it's uh, Derek or Thad or, or the medical staff or myself, sometimes there are times where we just have to make a decision and, and you have to do it. But that decision comes from uh, a lot of different people uh, really uh, contributing to that decision uh, when we finally make it. That's the voice of Rocco Baldelli, a philosophical beginning to our Inside Twin show today. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some uh, more detail-oriented stuff as far as baseball is concerned. We'll get an update on Josh Donaldson uh, down the road and also look ahead to today's contest as the Twins try to make it three straight series victories against the Seattle Mariners here at Target Field. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We're back after this on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to a Sunday edition of Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Rocco Baldelli is with us, manager of the Minnesota Twins. And, and Rocco, just some kind of some, some baseball stuff I want to throw at you a little bit. Uh, I want to talk to you about long at-bats, and this was sparked by some of the recent Miguel Sano at-bats, but it's not about Miguel or where he is in any way, shape, or form. It, it's something that we track now. How many pitches do you see? You're fouling a lot of pitches off. And it seems like people fall back on if you're seeing a lot of pitches, you're fouling a lot off. Oh, that's a good at bat. That's a really good at bat. But in talking to hitters, sometimes that's an at bat that's just full of missed opportunities. And I feel like I should have pummeled a couple of those early pitches as opposed to fouling them back. Is that accurate? Is it, is it sometimes one and sometimes the other? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, uh, it generally is a good sign when you're able to get deeper in, in at bats and you're able to, uh, frankly, it gets really simple. I mean, a lot of the times it's, uh, are you taking the balls? Are you swinging at the strikes? Uh, you know, that's a big part of our game. It's a very challenging, simple, but very challenging part of our game at the major league level. I mean, the pitching has gotten so good that uh, they, they're, they're ending at bats. Uh, they are, uh, you know, getting swings and misses at very, very high rates these days. Um, but when you can go out there and, and simply, uh, get to the point where you're getting two and three balls in, in a, in a, in an at bat, uh, and you're sitting in a pretty decent spot, if you do that continually uh, and you do that as a group, you're going to end up in a good spot in the game. So we have some guys that, uh, typically, uh, are able to do that for us. I think it, it benefits us. It helps us actually win ball games. And and frankly, uh, you know, when you guys uh, see guys having at bats like that uh, continually, I think it's a sign, a general sign of good things to come. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like uh, there's a convergence of, of factors where, okay, I'm just missing, but soon I won't be. And, and soon we're going to see an explosion of damage uh, in that regard. Speaking of execution, you know, we talked with Mitch Garver after the game on, Thursday uh, and he was talking about the, the ball he hit out to, to straightaway center field he's a guy whose plan is to go up and punish baseballs but in that particular instance he'd been beaten by a changeup before and he talked about spreading out focused on contact lo and behold contact with the batter's eye uh, it's those little those little parts of the game that are so often unseeable from a distance without the microscope to me Rocco that make it such a fascinating contest every night 
Yeah. And, and that's what um, Mitch did right there. It's what we see uh, a lot of our hitters do on a fairly regular basis. It's what you see good players do. It's what you see people outside of baseball, people that make adjustments, you know, making changes to your, to your life, making changes to your at bats, making changes on the mound when you're pitching and uh, you, you want to do something a little bit differently. Um, you know, some people make them a little bit more easily than others. They see them a little earlier than others. I mean, Mitch making that adjustment and getting beat on a particular pitch or maybe not seeing a pitch very well or reacting to it well earlier in the game, um, getting better as that game goes on, putting yourself in a position where if I see that pitch, uh, I'm going to be more prepared for it. Uh, you may give a little bit in this direction in order to get something in the other direction. And uh, that's what, that's what good players do. They, they line themselves up uh, to take advantage of things like that. And Mitch got a pitch that he was probably kind of looking for uh, able to handle again, not an easy, not there's a reason why he wasn't on it the first time. It's probably a good pitch. It's probably a tough pitch. And uh, he put himself in position to hit that pitch and, and essentially uh, put us in position to win the game because he did hit that pitch. You talk about doing things a little differently. Something that Taylor Rogers mentioned about a week ago is a new way of, of verbalizing it. He said, I'm not worried about what inning I'm going to pitch. Uh, I'm told which hitters I should focus on in any given series. And it makes a ton of sense when you think about it. It seems like a simple concept, but it's not one that has always specifically been the case for guys, especially guys who, who have typically functioned at the back end of games. Discuss how that came about. Uh, and also the critical nature of communicating that information continually to those guys to make it work. Yeah. So every team, uh, you know, talking about the, the Raj example, um, Raj has honestly uh, been pretty amazing for us uh, since, since I've been here with the twins. Um, but his role has been different every year. He's been kind of uh, lined up to pitch at different times. And, and this sort of discussion does apply to in a lot of different ways to what we do. So um, putting our players in a place mentally where they know what they need to prepare for in some way is important. And uh, relief pitchers say have for a long time in the game thought um, that, that, that the inning was really the, the answer. It's, it's, you know, who exactly am I, um, you know, when, when exactly am I getting ready for? Well, you know, nowadays it's kind of who exactly should I get ready for? And sometimes it's nothing, there's nothing exact about it. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, related to, um, you know, which matchups we may think may be good, but sometimes you combine that with the rest factor, you know, you might be facing this group of hitters one day, uh, the next day you may be available, but we may not be going to you first in, in that situation. And, uh, that's again, that scale that we talked about earlier in the show and, uh, balancing different things. So, uh, with, with Raj, um, a guy that's closed a lot of games for us, he's finished a lot of games for us. Uh, he's also been paired up, uh, over the last couple of years with Sergio Romo, who, um, they kind of share innings. They would kind of share, you know, the, the seventh, but the eighth and the ninth in particular. Um, and now, you know, we, we have uh, Alex Colomay here. We have uh, Duff. We have Robles. We have other guys uh, that can fill those innings. And it's not exactly a right-handed, left-handed pairing. I mean, Colomay has been very good against left-handed hitters too. Raj is excellent against left-handed hitters. Uh, so it's not exactly like we have the right-handed specialist, left-handed specialist, and we bring them in. So um, it's more lining Raj up, getting him in a, in a good mindset. He may pitch in the seventh inning. He knows that. He may pitch in the eighth inning. He already has. He knows that. And he's going to close some games for us, too. So having our guys ready to play 
knowing that they they're not going to have to get ready in the third inning. Raj is not getting ready in the third inning, but uh, Raj is going to get ready when we get towards the end of the game for a certain subset of hitters. And he knows that it helps him get ready. Uh, last question in this segment, then we'll take another break. The, the basic premise of shifting is, is pretty simple. Here's where all this data tells us the ball is most likely to end up based on who's hitting, who's pitching, and when this is happening. Let's put our guys in the best spot to catch that ball. Got some really smart people putting together a lot of computer programs to help you in that regard. Now you throw an Angleton Simmons into the mix. He's so remarkable and such an outlier that not only can he stand where the ball is most likely to get hit, but he's so good. Do you almost have to reprogram your algorithms to figure out how you can still have him where the ball's most likely to be hit, but also give up less in your shifting? Does he change even where or how you interpret the data on the page? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. The truth is, it doesn't change where the, the opposing hitters, we think they're most likely to hit the ball. So it, it does really come down to... Uh, you know, we don't we don't do things just for the sake of doing them. I don't I don't quote unquote like shifting. It's not a like or dislike thing. It's just I, I would like to make plays uh, and and get outs. And uh, when we think that they're going to hit the ball in a certain spot, that's where we want our guys. So I don't necessarily think that um, with Andrelton, who is of course one of the greatest defenders of our generation, and we've already gotten a chance to see some of that uh, this year. Um, it doesn't necessarily change where we may play with him, uh, but I'll tell you this. He does say some really interesting things, and in certain situations, in certain scenarios, uh, when he has thoughts, we are going to listen because his mind works in pretty incredible ways. Uh, he could probably uh, take a few of these situations and positioning setups that we have uh, and, and, and move and, you know, frankly, adjust and move and we're going to trust our guys to make uh, adjustments on the field. In general, we should probably play where they hit the ball the most, but uh, there are times where we are going to work not just side to side, but also depth wise uh, where, where exactly we're going to play. And uh, a guy like Simba is going to be a guy we're going to listen to. All right. Great stuff from Rocco Baldelli back with that Josh Donaldson update. And one final segment next on your home for twins baseball. It's our final segment of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killer Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. Uh, this is the question you're going to get peppered with, I'm sure, uh, throughout the course of the rest of the day. Josh Donaldson's going to head over to St. Paul. What do you know about J.D., and when can folks potentially expect to see him in the lineup? J.D.'s doing really good. We had him out on the field yesterday. He was running uh, the bases. He hit BP. He took round balls. Um, uh, so he's in a really good spot. Uh, he's going to go over, as we said, St. Paul uh, today. He's going to get some at-bats. Um, he's going to move around again, make sure he recovered well from everything that we did at the ballpark yesterday. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna, to uh, assess. We're going to have a conversation with him. We're going to talk to our uh, – our trainers and our medical group uh, about just exactly where we think he is. I think we're really getting down to a matter of uh, days. It's more of a conversation of uh, does he come off tomorrow? Does he come off uh, the following day or the day after that? Uh, I think we're in a place where we can really ask those questions now because he's responded so well. So uh, after everything we've kind of seen and, and dealt with, um, he feels good. He's in a good frame of mind uh, and he's ready to play. That's uh, great news for Twins fans and, and for your club. One thing that has been on display all spring even, and I would go back to last year, I think the hallmark of this team is how deep and how many options you have and different ways you can play, Rocco. Is that 
uh, fair that if you were going to assess maybe the greatest strength of a, of a very good team, that depth would be right near the top of the list? Yeah, absolutely. It has to be. And uh, Derek and Thad have, have assembled a, a roster here um, and, and, you know, let us work with this group where we have directions we can go in uh, when things don't work out perfectly. And, you know, at, after being in the game for a little while and, you know, watching uh, teams go out there and have success, what you realize is no matter what team it is, no matter what year it is, uh, you're never going to have your group together uh, for the vast majority of the year. There's always going to be periods of time where you've got some starting pitchers, bullpen guys, position players uh, down for whatever reason, unavailable, maybe hurt. Some, some, some things are going to happen. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do at that point? Are you going to roll out there and uh, you know use that as some sort of crutch? Never. We're never going to do that. What we're going to do is plan ahead and make sure that we have uh, as many different scenarios covered sometimes with more than one uh, name and quality player behind uh, the, the group that's going to be starting the season. So that's what we've been able to do. Um, we started a little heavy. We've already, uh, you know, had to deal with a little something and, and dealt with some, uh, some injury uh, stuff. And uh, I think we've dealt with it very well to this point. I would agree. And Rocco, best of luck today with the Mariners trying to take another series victory. We appreciate your time as always and your willingness to uh, wander around with us philosophically on some of these great baseball issues. This has been Inside Twins on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.